Hello and welcome to What's My Age Again, the show where I, Declan Mickey, a 19-year-old, is joined by... Danny, I'm 34 years old, and we're going to talk about music today. We are. We're going to talk about what music we like and how uh, our ages kind of differentiate what we listen to. Yeah. Uh, so, Danny, what have you been listening to this week? Well, one of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Eat World, released oh, yeah. a new album a few weeks ago. It's called Surviving. A lot of it is pretty, like standard formulaic Jimmy Eat World, which yeah. is not a bad thing in my eyes. There's a standout track called 555. It completely stands out because it's so different. Mm-hmm. And they tend to do that on most albums. They're coming here in May, which is really exciting. They were here two years ago, um, which I think was the fourth time I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And they're so consistent. I mean, everyone knows the middle. They know yeah, um, yeah. the middle for sure. That's their, that's their bleed American. But it's really one of those bands that I've loved for so long. Mm-hmm. So when they do release something, I still at least try to embrace Check it, it out for sure. Yeah. What about you? So I've been on my usual uh, death grips recently, but I checked out one of their albums that I actually haven't listened to before. Okay. It is called The Powers That Be. And B is just spelled the letter B. Ooh. And it's probably the craziest one I've listened to. Easily the most experimental. So basically, the album as a whole is split up of two previous albums that were put into one, okay. sort of. And the first album is like pretty experimental, pretty new. Okay. Um, and then the next one, Jenny Death, is just like so much aggression. Like it's, 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 it's intense. And there is one song in specific that I am absolutely obsessed with on the Jenny Death half. It kind of relates to our topic today. It's okay. called it's called On GP. And uh, I don't exactly know what GP stands for. Okay, I'll check it but, out. But um, yeah, it's it's easily their like most vulnerable song, I'd say. One of their darkest. Basically just talking about how close he was to actually killing himself. Super okay. dark, but like impactful. Cool. I've also been listening to a UK hip hop artist. His mm. name's Loyal Karner. Okay. Um, his debut album that came out a couple... I want to say 2016. Um, just kind of caught me off guard back then. And like most UK hip hop was more Stormzy and stuff okay, like that. Yeah. And this is just, it's a little more subdued. I'm pretty sure his mom guest vocals on the interesting, album. Interesting, interesting. Um, more so in an interlude, but really, really just good hip hop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Good Old War, which is a folk pop band. On every album they have, I think there's four or five albums out. There's like the one or two songs and you kind of wonder how this band hasn't blown up. They write very, very catchy pop songs, yeah. but they just haven't cracked like a full mainstream, but mm-hmm. every album has at least one of those. Mm-hmm. Anything else for you? Um, well, actually, going back to UK hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm not exactly like, I'm just kind of discovering UK hip hop now. And uh, there's this artist called Slow Tie. Okay. I'm not sure if you're yeah, familiar yeah, with yeah. him. He's kind of new and he's kind of blown up. I'm just kind of starting to get into him. Like, I think UK rap and, like, Brit rap can be hard to break into just because of the accents for Canadian like us. It's um, very different. But, yeah, I think I think the more I listen to it, the more I'll get used to it, and I'll be able to really check it out. I would also recommend French rap. Um, I don't really speak French, yeah. but there's some really, really cool stuff out there. Mm-hmm. The show on Amazon Prime, uh, The Boys, featured like a few different French rappers, Guizmo okay. and Yusufa. Interesting, um, interesting. But they popped up on the show and mm-hmm. I shazammed them. Do, yeah. do kids still shazam or oh, you just I use shazam. Snapchat? I shazam, yeah. but I, I don't have the actual app. I'll just ask Siri. I'll just go... Oh, you can do that. Whereas, yeah, because I think I think Apple has some sort of partnership with Shazam now. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I will do that instead of like fumbling to find the Shazam app when I hear a good uh, song on a TV show. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about that in a future episode, like songs in TV shows. Yeah. Or- oh, I could. I could. That would be a great topic, I think. Because yeah. Because I could go on forever. Awesome. Well, today we are going to breach the topic of sad songs. Yes. Uh, So stay tuned to What's My Age Again. We'll be right back. back on what's my age again i'm danny 
And I am Declan. And so today we are talking about sad songs, and maybe it's not the right word to mm-hmm. use. Kind of didn't necessarily define it as just listen to this piano. It sounds sad. It's more times when maybe we were sad or maybe we were going through an emotional moment and the music that maybe really related well to our, our emotions or helped us through. Yeah. When I think sad music, it's not necessarily when I'm at my low, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can be in a great mood, but I want to hear something because I want to feel something. Yeah, I agree. And I think for me, at least, a part of it is just having a balance in my life. Yeah. Like last I mean, time you was... listen to a lot of death grips, oh, so yeah. maybe it's like... <laughs> maybe I just like to be angry all the time. <laughs> but... When I'm when I am just like you said, when I am in a good mood a lot, I'll be like, oh, I want to I want to feel like this emotional emotional piece that someone's written. Yeah. Some of the time it's when you don't necessarily know how to explain how you're feeling and maybe mm-hmm. a song helps you out. We're, we're not going for that mid 2000s. If you're dealing with something in your life right now, yeah. this song's for you. I don't think that's why songs should evoke emotion. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. songs should evoke emotion just on their own in a way. Yeah, I think a song, I don't think someone should write a song going in thinking like people to feel better after listening to this. I think songs are more of like a personal thing for the singer or the writer. And however someone reacts to that song is just the outcome. You can't really choose it, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes songs will make me more sad than I Mm -hmm. was before, but other songs will completely lift me up. Yeah. When we were picking through what topic we'd cover today, and this kind of came up, we did have some similarities, Mm -hmm. um, one being Elliot Smith. Yes. A very, very sad boy. So Elliot Smith came up in the 90s. There's a string of albums that really, really stand out. He's a very troubled, sad songwriter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At the 1998 Oscars, he performed Miss Misery, which was in Goodwill Hunting. Interesting. I actually Uh, didn't know that. Yeah. He wore this white suit, and it's just him on stage with an acoustic guitar. And i thinking of it, there's like an orchestra in the Mm -hmm. background. It's the same year that Celine Dion did My Heart will go on okay if you think about my heart will go on over the top over dramatic yeah yeah. and then you have this guy and just one of the saddest songwriters Mm -hmm. of all time and at least in my eyes just kind of pouring his heart out on stage no yeah i think there's some serious power to like subtlety less is more type thing and i think elliot smith embodies that to the fullest because there's times where it's just him and his guitar and three chords I think I first kind of discovered him around Goodwill Hunting. Mm. Loved that movie back then. So followed his career a little bit. I mean, I was 13. I didn't understand maybe the weight of the music yet mm-hmm. or what he was struggling with, which was drugs, depression. But kind of as I got through my teens, I kind of started understanding a little bit more. And I remember in 2003, he killed himself. Mm-hmm. It bookends a lot of his albums. Yeah, it's weird. It almost makes the music even more powerful because you, in my opinion, you see how real the lyrics that he's actually putting on there are and how much it's confessional. Yeah. In my opinion. There, there's a few like posthumous releases. Fun Farewell to a Friend, which I know was on the OC back in the day. Okay. And Pretty Ugly. There's like two songs on the album that came out, I think, a year after he passed away. Yeah. And it the same power they were unreleased songs it just continues kind of a legacy of someone who i don't think got enough due for what he was capable of doing and Mm -hmm. still to this day i will put on an elliot smith album and no that that truly does make me feel low yeah no i agree for me actually i i do feel like i need to listen to more elliot smith because i've listened to a lot of his singles and i've listened to either or which i think is is a masterpiece i think it's a great album and i only really discovered him like a year ago which is kind of a big difference i think he's an artist that will age very well for me at least for my listening if that makes sense like i think i'll grow to enjoy him more and more because i already have in the year so if that's any indication i think he'll be great but he's one guy that i just feel like i need to be in a mood to listen to first of all but i think i do need to listen to him more yeah honestly i can't think of an album that does not have some really really wonderful Mm -hmm. music on it in terms of like studio albums two three four five six i think there or there was five while he was alive Mm -hmm. and one after but there's been some live stuff some compilations so highly recommend him Mm -hmm. uh we were also actually talking about we're both pretty big fans of brand new actually their older stuff rather 
uh, specifically the devil and God are raging inside me. Yeah. When we were sharing albums, I tried to stay away from my late 90s, early 2000s emo phase, mm-hmm. which is could be an entire episode on <laughs> yeah. its own. But Brand New is one of those bands that kind of started off in the early 2000s emo, and they kind of matured in terms of sound by the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. and that's when The Devil and God Were Raging Inside Me came out. What's your take on it? I'm kind of curious. Yeah, this is one that actually I discovered very recently. Like, I probably discovered this, I think it was late August this year, and it was one of those things where it's like, how, how how did I miss this thing? I just think it's some of the songs on it are just so, so powerful. One one specifically, I don't know. It's hard to choose a favorite on the album, but this will be up there, which is Limousine. Okay. Very emotional song. Also, I don't know if you know, like, the story behind it. No. It's, like, it's very, honestly, just depressing. Okay. I don't know how else to put it, but it's uh, it's about a little girl. I can't remember her name. It's written uh, over a true story. And she was coming back from a wedding, a family wedding. And she was in a limousine with her mother and a drunk driver hit the limousine okay. and killed the girl in front of her mother. Essentially, the song is written from the point of view of the mother. And yeah. it's just, I don't know, after I heard the story behind it, this the song and the lyrics had a way stronger impact on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one for sure. I really like uh, You Won't Know as well. Okay. I just love the guitar riff to that, like do 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 diddle You know that can't get enough of that. But yeah, it's just it, I just think it's powerful as a whole. So much very personal lyrics. I think for me on that album, the song that stands out and kind of holds up and somehow avoids a cliche is mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. As someone who is rooted in my own faith, when that song came out. The album title, The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me, and that's kind of the theme throughout. And on that, you you can feel like Jesse Lacey's struggle with God, with Jesus, with Mm -hmm. religion. It is such a wonderfully crafted song. And I was talking in our intro about Good Old War, a band who writes these songs that could be mainstream hits because of the sound. This could be, but I think the content of it Mm -hmm. prevents it from becoming a hit. Yeah. No, I agree. It's definitely just like you said. There's a lot of like doubt in that song, I feel like, of him like trying to understand like his faith yeah. and just like not really having any real answers for it. The previous two albums that they had cuz this was their third studio release, it's so much more mature and releases after that kind of followed that mm-hmm. same line. If you don't know what kind of happened with Brand New in the last few years, we're not going to talk about it. It's one of those things that kind of has steered me away from listening to them a lot mm-hmm. just because it feels uncomfortable at times. Yeah, it's really just a like a tough lose-lose, yeah. in my opinion. as we do every week we gave each other a list of albums to listen to and pick a favorite who should go first today yeah i can go okay um yeah i guess i'll go over the albums i gave you so yeah these are all albums uh i think that we both chose that had emotional experiences behind them i'd say so for you i gave you three albums a moon-shaped pool by radiohead uh that's actually their most recent release I gave you an album called At Least For Now by Benjamin Clementine. And uh, one of my favorites, I gave you The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. So uh, why don't you tell me which one you picked? Well, before I go, I'm okay, kind of curious okay. why. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, so. who hurt you, Declan? <laughs> who hurt you is kind of um, an ongoing question I have in my head. <laughs> so I, I, before I tell you what I thought about mm-hmm, one of those mm-hmm. albums... Why did you pick them? Yeah, okay. So I guess a moon-shaped pool. Radiohead, I've always been, well, not always, but since I discovered Radiohead, I've easily put them, like, as my number one favorites. And they're definitely my most listened-to band. So I've I've literally been with Radiohead, like, through thick and thin, like, my best times, my worst times, in my opinion. I think, like, the week we met, that was, like, one of the connections was, like, oh, you like Radiohead? Mm-hmm. Cool, me too. Yeah, I'm very vocal about my uh, my likeness for Radiohead. Yeah. 
And uh, Moonshade Pool specifically was, I listened to a lot when I was like going through a very stressful time. I was working on a movie set. Okay. And uh, it would be like a minimum 12 hour days. We had like a 16 hour day. And I would just like in these random locations, like hours away from my house and stuff. And I would like get in my car, my old, at the time I had this old 2000 Malibu. And I would get in the car and I would just put on a moonshaped pool and I would like literally cry. Like I would have oh, a breakdown. Man. Like it happened a couple of times when I was working. Like was like the job <laughs> just, was it overwhelming? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I was a very like naive kid at the time. Okay. And it was just like a lot of work that I just wasn't prepared for or something. Strangely enough, I feel like I could do set work again yeah. easily. But just at the time, I was completely unaware of how the process worked. And I was just getting yelled at by, like, old people. And it would just stress me out. But I feel like since then, I've really kind of thickened the skin and I could hit it again. Like, I may yell at you later because (laughs) I am one of those old people. Yeah. Um, What about the Nine Inch Nails one? Yeah. So the Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails, I actually discovered last year. Okay. And this was during a time when I was not working and I was not in school because I took a year off after high school. And it was just a time where I had, like, no real thing to do. Okay. Like, I had no kind of ideas or, like, I was kind of just, like, waking up and aimlessly going through the day every day. And I would always, I would wake up late. Like, I would wake up at noon or 1, and I would stay up till like, 4 or 5 a.m., and I actually listened to the Downward Spiral for the first time. I was laying in my bed, and it was literally 4 a.m. when I started the album, and I was done it uh, by around 5. And it's just like, for me, I don't know. I like music that kind of exaggerates emotions that I feel okay. that are kind of like shocking in a way. I like shock lyrics. Uh, maybe that's just because I'm a young dude. But Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, he essentially, like the album, its name lives up to itself. And I talked about this actually in my solo podcast. Okay. But yeah, it's just like he talks about all these frustrations and struggles that he's having with himself. Yeah, yeah. And like his anger at himself, his anger at society, his anger at everyone else. And like I kind of, I don't know if I, I guess I related to it. I just like aggressive music in general. So maybe that was just a way for me to clear my head. There's that one. Okay. That's the album with Hurt on it, right? It like, is. The yeah, the infamous um, or the famous. Like Hurt. most people probably know that song because of the Johnny Cash mm-hmm, version mm-hmm. now. But as an album closer, I have listened to that oh, album in the past. Yeah. And it is quite powerful. Yeah, it's um, it's chilling on, yeah. on the Nine Inch Nails one. And I think I think there was an interview actually where Trent Reznor like outright just said he was like, yeah, his is better than mine. Johnny Cash's yeah. version is like so good. The first time I ever heard like the Johnny Cash version, mm-hmm. it was just like, whoa, whoa, this is this is different, and it it's a completely different context. And I mean, that's kind of the beauty of music. Sometimes is one person's interpretation, definitely, um, definitely. compared to another. And mm-hmm. your final one. Um, Benjamin Clementine. Yeah, at least for now by Benjamin Clementine. So I listened to this one. It wouldn't have been this most previous summer, but the summer before. Okay. And I spend my summers at my cabin and I work up there. And so I'm living up there alone. And I listened to this album kind of like near the end of the summer. I remember I was like really like looking for piano based music at the time because for some reason I was like interested in that. Yeah. And it was near the end of the summer, like after all the partying was over and it was kind of this like not a lot of people were around the town. I mean, it was like this really melancholy mood that I was going through and I didn't really know why. It was just kind of this feeling of, okay, you ever like party way too hard too often and then you're like, oh, I feel like trash yeah it was essentially that because like we spend like kind of resetting yourself you need something to reset exactly and so i remember what i did there was a song by him that i heard before called i won't complain and it's not actually on the album but i like that song so i checked out the album at least for now and it's gonna sound super cheesy when i say this super like oh pretentious art kid yeah like I don't know I just at the time I wasn't very tired when I would go to sleep I think it was I think it's because I wasn't working out so it was like 1 a.m. in like a dead town and I like put my headphones in and I went downtown to like the dead area and I brought my camera and I just like took pictures of whatever while listening to this album and you still have the pictures probably yeah they're definitely on like a on my 
home computer. That is more emo shit than I ever did. Oh, Um, honestly. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm I'm pretty sure I could top that. But no, that's super (laughs) emo. It was was like a a therapeutic thing, you know what I mean? That is the album I picked. Yeah. Obviously, I've listened to Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to Nine Inch Nails. I had never heard of Benjamin Clementine. So it caught me off guard. Yeah. You know, it's this avant-garde, experimental. There, there's elements of classical music in there and definitely, jazz, definitely. Um, art rock, spoken word. Mm-hmm. There, there isn't any, like, familiar song structure on the album, which in a way made it a little challenging to listen to. Mm-hmm. But what stands out is Benjamin Clementine's voice. It stretches and strains. His emotion and tone drive the album. I agree. Um, I agree for sure. There's points. One that really stood up was on Then I Heard a Bachelor Cry. Mm -hmm. There's a shakiness to his voice. And the thing is, this guy is such a great singer that this shakiness almost doesn't seem like it should be there. But it adds just another, just more to his voice. I, I think I wrote the human element. I, I read a little bit about him. Mm-hmm. He was homeless he was at homeless, one point, exactly, yeah. um, which is really interesting because that's a big theme on this album. On, I think, two or three tracks, he repeats the word home, home, home. Mm-hmm. Other kind of themes I picked up were loneliness, individualism, pretty sad themes, but at the same time, like hope and self-acceptance and discovery. Yeah. Oh, for sure. One thing that I do when I'm listening to music is really try to pick out those lines that really stand out to me. Yeah. When we talked about rap music, that's a little harder to do. Um, With something like this, I was clamoring to try to find those lines online for each song. Mm -hmm. Kind of a few that really stood out to me. I already said, like, Then I Heard a Bachelor Cry, which is the second song on the album. Like, this rich, soulful sound of a man searching he's searching in it in the chorus is the line who is next in line to get hurt yeah later in the song it's the i think the last third uh there's like driving piano yeah. comes in and it's punctuating on like over and over i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. i'm sorry and so that really did stand out that is that is honestly one of my favorite songs and and the ending third is like I, I literally listened to the song just for that part just because I love it. He's going down a scale or whatever. And there's even, I think there's strings in the back at one point. Yeah. And he's just like, he's, he's, and it's like he's saying his words so fast that they're like fumbling over each other. It's like he's rushing to get the words out, in my opinion. If you listen to him, at times his voice turns into percussion, mm-hmm. especially when he's repeating a line instead of, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It comes out in a way that's like a heartbeat. Yeah. When he repeats home on a couple of the songs, again, kind of that same thing. It's like a heartbeat driving. It's this album's really emotional and it caught me a little off guard. Yeah. The next track is London, which I think was my third favorite song on mm-hmm. it. Um, his voice just soars. And the, the line that stuck out to me was, I won't underestimate who I'm capable of becoming. And so on some songs, like who in, who is next in line to get hurt from one to I won't underestimate who I'm capable of becoming is uplifting. And it, yeah. the, this kind of balance between like the lowest of lows and these epiphanies of what someone's the discovery, I guess, happened throughout the album. Adios, which... Overall, I didn't love, but okay, interesting. Uh, the chorus basically comes down to the decision is mine, the lesson be mine, yeah. and the vision is mine. Of uh, almost like taking ownership. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Um. I mean, when I listen to it, I kind of see it as like him moving on to what he wants to do, and someone, or like maybe even society, like doubting him for doing that, and maybe judging him. And him, and him saying, the decision is mine. Uh, let the lesson be mine. He's like, if I mess up, then it's my lesson, whatever. He's yeah. like, and the vision is mine. So, yeah, it's definitely him taking ownership and being like, this is what I want to do. Screw everyone else. And I, it's it's one of my favorite songs on the album, too. I love the percussion. Like, it's like tappy, whatever it is. Yeah, it yeah, kind of yeah. sounds like, I don't know. Um, I think one of the things that really stands out about, it's not like conventional storytelling on a lot of them. Mm-hmm kind of going between singing at times rapping to more just very spoken word yeah um, and 100%. he's a very eloquent speaker it's true um, with his deep voice like 
the the way he speaks is not modern English. There's a very like old English feel to it, where a lot of words seem very intentional use. He uses a lot of alliteration to just punctuate what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Nemesis really stuck out. Yeah, really enjoy um, that one. If I held my breath on you, I would have died a thousand times. Yeah. Later in the song, changes to if you held your breath on me you would have died a thousand times. And so I dug into it, and the theme of the song is kind of karma. I read up on it, so he leaves a woman for another who then leaves him. An ongoing line in the song is treat others the way you want to be treated. So going back to the golden rule, yeah, but in not a way necessarily people usually think. It's like, usually you think like golden rule is if you want people to be nice to you, yeah, be nice to them. And this kind of takes it to a little bit of a different place a little bit of uh if you screw someone over yeah you're getting screwed over condolence was a song that i really loved the production on mm-hmm. the entire fifth verse i'm not gonna pull it up it it's really wonderful paints a picture about when he when he was born and there mm-hmm. was fire before and it's it's he just paints it so wonderfully it's the condolence to fear condolence to insecurities so again kind of that empowering side mm-hmm. it shifts throughout which i think when you're going through anything in life is what you kind of deal with yeah oh for sure i don't think it's it was not necessarily my favorite song on the album but definitely not a skippable one you know what i mean the last song my or the last song I'll talk about which was my favorite song which is the one that got the tears okay um was cornerstone interesting yeah the despair on this song yeah. is it's, it's heartbreaking something. it's heartbreaking man the strain the opening line is i'm alone in a box of stone the the whole song to me felt like he's validating his own purpose and place in life and you know friends have come and gone and lovers have come and gone but i'm alone in a box of stone mm-hmm. one of the most powerful songs i've heard in a while it i i listened to that a couple times in a row really to just get a sense of it because the first time hit me like a like a bag of bricks yeah. no i totally agree it, it literally sounds like he's just saying like i'm gonna be lonely for my whole life like this is just the way it's gonna be like yeah. this is exactly like you said my purpose have you listened to other albums by him? Um, not quite. I think he only has two albums, okay. to be honest. Um, like I said, I listened to that I Won't Complain, which is actually one of his most powerful ones, in my opinion, as well. Okay. I would check that one out. I think he has, yeah, another one called I Tell a Fly, which I've heard critically didn't get as good reception, but I do uh, still want to check it out. I have this inkling with an artist like this, and it's happened for bands with me before, and there's Mm -hmm. actually one of the ones I recommended to you. It's the only release I like by them because it connected me. It came at the right time in my life. Yeah. Would this be an album like that for you? I think so. That's not to say that I won't listen to him anymore because I think I will. I think I definitely will check him out again. But this album holds just as much... I don't even know the word to describe it, like a value in just, not nostalgia, but like remembering a time and remembering like the triumph or whatever sort of thing that this album helped me with. Yeah. So part of the value in it is not just the music, but like how it impacted me personally that I don't think I'm necessarily going to get with another album. Okay. Even if I do like the sound, you know? Yeah. That's kind of the sense I got from it. I'm good right now. I'm doing great in life mm-hmm. overall. But maybe if I had listened to that at a different time, it would have hit me in a completely different way. Yeah. But a lot of those themes on it, you know, I can relate back to and I can go, yeah, I felt that way. Yep. I've I've experienced that. I've craved home which Mm -hmm. anyone who knows me i moved back home four years ago almost to the day because i craved it but individualism is kind of a funny word because it's not being lonely Mm -hmm. it's being like accepting who you are and aside from that feeling of home it's it's that's kind of what stood out on this album is really accepting who you are that there are highs and lows in life so overall i gave it a nine out of ten really weighted a lot emotionally but also the production on it benjamin's voice the music overall very classical piano Mm -hmm. beautiful strings minimal percussion it all kind of just helps 
hold up his voice, which is what's yeah. really stood out on it. Well, well, I'm very glad you liked it. Yeah, it's weird because I don't have a lot of, or it's hard to like compare him, I'd say, to other artists. I don't have a lot of similar sounding artists. Yeah, I was kind of Clementine. Yeah, I was kind of trying to think of similar artists, and it was really, really tough. And I don't have an answer for you right now, but I'll dig a little deeper. came out in 2008. I really loved the album at the time. Mm-hmm. Kind of on a lot of the music forums I used to be on, like it was within like the top five on a lot of those. It's the band that I kind of said earlier, subsequent releases I haven't really listened okay, to yeah, yeah. or I haven't been able to get into. Mm-hmm. But the album just kind of stuck with me. Eventually has just kind of been something that almost like brings me back to center if I have been really, really down, mm-hmm. like it's it's something that really brings me back just kind of level. And it is a sad album. There is a lot of emotion on it. I, I think the reason I picked it was just because it balances me. Yeah. And I can't think of too many albums that do that so seamlessly. Yeah, no, I certainly uh, know music that, that does the same thing to me. The next I picked The National. Are you familiar with The National? The name is like vague. Yeah, you're missing honest. out. Yeah, you're okay, missing out. Okay. Um, I went with Trouble Will Find Me, which was 2013. This album is my ex-wife's like favorite album mm, of all time. So it's kind of an interesting pick for me in the sense that it's something that she loved. Yeah. But it actually helped me kind of get through our separation divorce yeah yeah. it is really really powerful so i kind of went with it probably didn't expect me to say that that it was someone who i once yeah it's interesting it's interesting Um, yeah but in a way like helped me get through it yeah no understandable for sure i picked julian baker sprained ankle she's this really really cool folk rock indie artist and there's a vulnerability to her that I haven't found anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, that came out in 2015, the album Sprained Ankle. Just kind of caught me when I was really low, to be honest. Like, yeah. for me, that was like a very low point for me. I think she was like 19 or something at the time. Her voice and her words and that album just like hit me like a ton of bricks. I think I've said <laughs> that a couple times already about music today. But it, it hit me in a very, very... It's okay to feel this way. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then the last album, Touche Amour, which is a hardcore band. Okay. Yeah. Um, released an album called Stage Four, and it's about his the lead singer's mom dying of cancer. Yeah. That that was 2016. I wasn't l- dealing with any loss at that point, but this album just stunned me. Something so kind of angry so raw that it just kind of stood out and that was kind of a bonus one wondering if you'd pick it so i'm kind of curious what did you end up going with uh well i did not choose um touche more i'm sorry to disappoint that's okay um i think i was really going between the national actually and julian baker's sprained ankle and i eventually went with julian baker sprained ankle awesome yeah no i thought it was actually a very good album incredibly personal yeah. And like you just said before, her, I guess just how honest she's being is like, it resonated with me. And I think what I got most out of the album is like, and I kind of talked about this before with Elliot Smith. It was very refreshing to have such powerful minimalism. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I forget that like, uh, I could, because I listen to a lot of like grand and like aggressive music. I sometimes forget how powerful just one person and one instrument can be. You know, you don't need like 50 instruments to make a song that people are going to resonate with emotional. Yeah. Emotionally. 
and I, it's it's an album that I think I'll definitely like revisit, especially if I'm in an emotional state. Like, I think it it's so relatable, I guess, for like me at least. A lot of the lyrics I really like. There was one line in particular. I'm trying to. I can't remember which song it was for exactly, but the line was. I wish I could write songs about anything other than death. I don't know. I tried to, to think which song that I know exactly. It might have been um, Everybody Does. Yeah. 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 It's Everybody, Everybody Does. Does. Which actually is, was a great song as well. That's my favorite um, song on the album. Yeah. What What's What are the lyrics at the end? She says something about you can leave me. It's okay. Everybody does. Yeah. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Trying to pull it up right now. You're gonna run. It's all right. Everybody does. And she repeats that over and over at the end. And yeah, it's just you can feel you can feel her pain and her giving up in that song specifically. But even I find because going back to when I was talking about the whole Nine Inch Nails album, in that time I was writing a lot of poetry. And okay. like for me, like I'm not a I'm I want to make it clear that I'm not a suicidal person. Like let's be very clear. But yeah, I find I often write about very dark themes and stuff like that. And sometimes. I think something I could relate to in this song is I feel like like geez why am I why am I writing about something so dark like am I messed up or yeah. something and it was kind of refreshing to listen to someone who maybe feels the same way. Other songs I really liked was Good News, Something. Those three uh, those three songs right in the middle like I thought for me at least the m- the midpoint of the album was like the strongest. Yeah, there's a really nice build to it, I think. Yes, exactly. And just like her imagery in her lyrics, pretty strong. There was one line uh, that said, uh, the carpenter, I think she said, the carpenter's good at placing splinters under my fingernails where I can't reach them. And it's like, you can just imagine like that right in front of you, like yeah. or that feeling, that pain. I thought it was really specific and like impactful. There, there, one of the kind of funny kind of themes, not funny, but themes of the album is like you go back to the title sprained ankle mm-hmm. so anyone who's ever had a sprained ankle me a couple yeah, months ago like but the thing with the sprained ankle is that you can't really do much for it i mean if something breaks you put a cast on it with a sprain, sprained ankle it's just, just sitting there like the pain's there the, the the pain is there and it's present it's annoying it's obnoxious and what she's going through um, I think really like that kind of sums it up is that pain is constant. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think in a way, going back to talking about Elliot Smith earlier, I, I see it like a very direct correlation. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. In terms of ideas, in terms of what they're dealing with in life. Oh, for sure. Another artist that actually Julian Baker reminded me of, like even second song in. Uh, are you familiar with Taylor Jansen? She's I, local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So Taylor Jansen is this local uh, girl, and I actually discovered her because she opened for my friend's band two or three years ago. Okay. And since then, she's, like, blown up. She was on, like, Apple puts out, like, a top-of-the-week list, and it was, like, right when uh, Paul McCartney's newest album was coming out, Egyptian Station, I think it was called. And, like, she was on the list, like, right beside, like, Paul McCartney and, like, a bunch of legends. And so, like, that was kind of the start of her, like, blow up. And now she's got a song called Dennis Quaid, which kind of blew up. Okay. But she, Taylor Jansen has some super personal songs like that that are, uh, I just I just saw a lot of, like, similarities and correlations between the types of lyricism. I thought this, I thought this was a good album. I, I, there was really so much emotion behind it. And I, I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say. You could feel it. Yeah. Um, her n- next album, which came out 2017, I felt there was a little more hope on it. Okay, that's um, It's that's called good. Turn Out the Lights. She's also done um, Boy Genius, which was a really, really kind of cool collaboration as well. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she's... When, what, what year were you born? Uh, 2000, okay. exactly. So I think she's a few years older than yeah. you. But, yeah, it, it's funny. Like, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. That again, maybe at a different time, it wouldn't have hit me in the same way. Yeah, no, I I get it, and also I f- I feel, yeah, I feel like I couldn't listen to an album like this if like I had a lot of energy in me at the time, yeah. or like I was incredibly like I don't know happy with how things were going. Yeah. Um, not that I'm not, but you know what I mean when the when I say like this album kind of has something for anyone who's going through a tough time. 
or yeah. at least that's what I felt. Also, I forgot to mention the closer track, Go Home, yeah. with the piano. Also, like, really like that one. I love how she, like, slams on the piano notes at the end sort of thing. And she, I think she had a little bit of, like, a radio or a TV sound kind of fading in at the end. Like, the last lines are, like, um, I'm tired of washing my hands. God, I want to go home. Yeah. And it's, it, it's so simple and punchy like mm-hmm. i it's it's one of those albums that it just kind of wrecked me for a little bit no yeah um, i could i could totally see it yeah doing doing that to me even if i was going through a tough time so it's a scale of one to ten like yeah that's a good question uh, I've, I've kind of been thinking about it still i think i'm in between can we do point fives is yeah, that allowed throw a point okay. five in there i'll say an 8.5 8.5 cool which is pretty strong like i don't give a lot of albums nines i don't give many albums tens it's definitely one i'll be revisiting but also i feel like it's very good cohesively yeah like i think the songs are much more powerful when listening to the whole album rather than if you were just pick off singles yeah so yeah when i revisit probably gonna listen to the whole album sort of thing cool but yeah i'd, I'd give it a strong 8.5 to be honest oh right on Okay, so we've been here for almost an hour, and I still mm-hmm. haven't gotten the answer to the question that I'm dying to know. Declan, who hurt you? I mean, I guess I could go into it a little bit. For the record, it's not like I have lasting emotional trauma over okay. this. But one time I was in high school, and I liked a girl, and she liked me back. Ooh. Good old-fashioned high school relationship, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we had we quote-unquote dated. Okay. You know, high school dating where it's just like, I don't know. It's not, it's, it's weird. It doesn't feel very adult, you know? Yeah, high school dating was, like, always kind of weird to me. I dated girls in high school and would be like, three months, six months, yeah. another three months. I never had, like the like four-year relationship yeah. that some people that's have. also really like in my opinion kind of weird yeah in high school you're like this is gonna sound super like i don't know if this is gonna sound bad but like some would consider these your prime years and you're like holding yourself down for like four years straight with your like your high school sweetheart i mean maybe <laughs> maybe i just don't believe in love oh no i'm just kidding but like you know what I you know what I'm kind of yeah getting yeah yeah at. yeah. But anyways, getting back to the story here, yeah, there's this girl. I think it was a, it was a four month, maybe five month. Probably should have remembered that. But um, yeah, she was super mean to me. Like by the end of oh, it. Oh no! What happened? Why was I she mean? See, that's what I didn't understand because I would try to communicate and she would not want to talk about it. Okay. That. Did she dump you or did you dump her? So technically I dumped her, but it was like a long time coming and like it was pretty mutual, I guess. But I was still very upset because like it got to a point where it was like I just broke up with her. It was already like done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like theoretically. So I was just like, okay, let's formally do this. Okay. Is there a song? There is actually a song. Of course um, there's there has to be a song. There's always a song, exactly. That I was listening to a lot at the time of the breakup and that's actually the song called uh, snap out of it by arctic monkeys okay it's off their a am album and like exactly the lyrics were like word for word what i was feeling at the time the chorus especially which was i want to grab both your shoulders and shake snap out of it snap out of it i get the feeling i left you too late snap out of it snap out of it and that was just kind of how I felt. I was like, snap out of it. Like, why are you being mean to me and yeah. not telling me why you're being mean to me? And then, like I said before, it was already over. Like, I get the feeling I left you too late. But, yeah, that's basically my uh, my one heartbreak story. Aww. But now I want to throw the question <laughs> back to you. I feel like you might have a little more, like, real-life, not high school relationships yeah. than I do. Yep. Danny, my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Who hurt you? 
Oh boy, we have five minutes left, um, so we'll just go for another hour and a half. Yeah, okay. No, I mean, I'm pretty open talking about like past relationships, mm -hmm. including my previous marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, so kind of preface, lived in Calgary, moved to Toronto. There, w there was a time that I was really, really dealing with that loss. When you lose someone, she's still alive, she's doing great, I'm, she's really happy and I'm happy for her but when you lose when something falls apart when yeah. when a marriage doesn't work anymore yeah um there is a level of grief to it oh for sure oh, and for sure. so I'm in Toronto I'm living in a condo like right downtown Toronto yeah it's pretty great except I had a bit of a drinking problem like yeah, to be okay. brutally honest okay. yeah and I wasn't really doing much at the time I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do and so I didn't sleep well I would stay up late I would wake up early it was just this weird cycle and so a song would be um, about today by the national it's not on the album I suggested to you yeah um, it's on an earlier release and so about today kind of plays with like a weird like time and space conception but basically like it opens today you were far away and I didn't ask why. What mm -hmm. could I say? I was far away. Yeah. You just walked away and I just watched you. What mm -hmm. could I say? And it's one of those songs that just like really summed up how I was feeling about my loss in my life and kind of that confusion. And it just, it, it stands out. I, I have a hard time listening to it now. Yeah. Um, because it really takes me back to a very specific moment where I did feel, how close am I to losing you? That's the yeah, chorus of yeah, the song. No. And the truth is I had already lost her. Mm -hmm. But it's still coping with that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting how, you know, s how strongly emotions can become attached to a song. Yeah. Like, there's certainly songs, and even songs that, like, have no, like, substantive sadness to them that because I listen to the song at a time, like I'll listen to it again and I'll be emotional even if it's like the lyrics are happy even. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I For me, I just said it like coping, but um, that that is what music is to me, mm -hmm. is a coping mechanism. Um, whether it's when I'm really happy and I need to express that. Yeah. Um, if I've been in love, if I really sad if i'm really hurt it's different types of coping but yeah. they all kind of come together through music for me no yeah I, I totally agree um yeah i think it's literally like therapy like because in theory like therapy should be an ongoing thing even when you're happy to maintain that happiness sort of thing like you said that's what music's all about awesome uh if you have any sad songs sad albums albums that dig you out of those holes uh we'd love to hear from you uh you can tweet at me d hallmark that's d-h-a-l-m-a-r-k and i am at Declan m8 d-e-k-l-a-n-m-8 thank you so much for listening to the what's my age again podcast uh we'll see you again next week and we'll leave you today with cornerstone by benjamin clementine I'm alone in a box of stone When all is said and done As the wind blows to the east from the west Onto this bed my tears have their solemn rest
It wasn't easy getting used to this. I used to scream. It's not true that only when the door is locked, nobody enters. Because mine has been open to your demise. But none has come. Well, who am I? What have I done wrong? I've been lonely. Lovers have slept and wept. Promises to stay has never been kept. This bare truth of which most won't share. I hope you share. I hope you share. They claim to love me and be near me, but they were lying. I've been lonely, alone in the bumps of my own. And this is the place that I belong. So I hope, 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 I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs>